This episode is brought to you by The One Summit, two days that would change your life forever. For tickets, go to theonesummit.com. Welcome to Careers Unplugged, the weekly show connecting you to secrets of career success. Careers Unplugged is hosted by Rich Sayer and Stu Hayes and proudly sponsored by the Master of Me coaching program. If you feel being happy, committed, and passionate about your career is important, you're in the right place. My name's Rich Sayer, and I'm here with the fabulous co-founder of Careers Unplugged, Make a Big Training, and the Master of Me Coaching Program, Stuart Hayes. Good evening, Stu. Good evening, Rich. How are you? I am uh, really well. I had a lovely dinner, and uh, I'm excited to uh, be recording yet another marvellous episode of Careers Unplugged with a fantastic guest. Why don't you tell our listeners all about our guest today? Well, mate, this is, uh, this is a, a real privilege. Um, he's, a, he's a great guy, in fact. He's a guy that's very close to us um, on the wellness couch. So our guest today is a podcast star. He's a chiropractor, the wellness coach's coach, and author of the life-changing book, How to Eat an Elephant. He regularly appears on TV, radio, and in print, and his media appearances, seminars, coaching, and consulting have inspired thousands of people, Rich, over the last decade to live a long, happy, healthy life full of energy and vitality. Can't argue with that. Mate, why would you argue with that? Exactly. Check out this for a list of career highlights. Co-host of Australia's number one health podcast, The Wellness Guys Show. Nice. And That Paleo Show and co-founder of The Wellness Couch. Editorial publications as diverse as the Adelaide Magazine, Men's Health, The Borneo Post, and I know that one because I've actually lived in that part of the world and used to get that thing every day. The Advertiser newspaper, he's had online editorial on 9MSN, Adelaide Now, radio appearances on the ABC, Fresh FM, Fresh 102.3, a whole bunch of stuff, mate. He's been on TV on Channel 7 and Channel 9. I don't know. I could go on, but how about I do this? Dr. Brett Hill, it is my great pleasure to welcome you, the caveman, to Careers Unplugged. (laughs) Oh, thanks for having me, guys. That sounded good. I like that. I'm going to have to keep that recording, I reckon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you're busy, you know, it just adds up, doesn't it? All all you're going to do, just go to careersunplugged.com and you can download it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice nice little bug, Rich. I like it. Yeah. So... This whole paleo caveman specialist area that you're in, it's, it's a real, it's, it's a growing niche and it's, yeah. a, it's a movement, in fact. Um, was this something that you were interested in as a young kid or were you just into cricket and footy and, and eating burgers and, you know, yeah. how, how did you go? How did you get to where you are now? Yeah, the, the short answer is no, I wasn't interested in it at all as a young kid. Yep. <laughs> I, I got to the age of about 20, I reckon, and I was working in a hardware store. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, yeah, playing footy, playing cricket. I liked going out on the weekend and having lots of drinks with my mates. I, uh, you know, I'd have lunch, I'd have a pie, a pasty, a 1.25 litre soft drink, and maybe a Mars bar as well. <laughs> 1.25. And um, so I was living a pretty healthy life. <laughs> and the amazing thing is at the time I was actually studying health science. I was actually <laughs> on my way to becoming a chiropractor doing my, uh, you know, studying health at university and, and uh, obviously realised at some stage that that was a bit of a conflict. <laughs> that really wasn't that's fitting that's with the first law of setting. parenthood, isn't it? You know, don't do what I do, do what I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think I realised that wasn't going to work and so I had to actually change things but also that it just wasn't going to work for me. So, um, no, I definitely wasn't that way as a kid and uh, so it was really... Uh, it was almost a philosophical decision for me to change. Like I, I didn't actually get really sick. Like, you know, a lot of people have these amazing transformations where they get 
chronically ill or they get diagnosed with a disease or, you know, something happens that just mm. sparks them to go, wow, I need to change my life. And it actually wasn't even that for me. I don't even have a cool story like that. It was I kind of just started learning more about health. And the more I learned about health and the more I started sort of researching about wellness and, you know, learning about particularly chiropractic and chiropractic philosophy, which is sort of just this understanding that the body is innately healthy, that it, that it actually you know, naturally is in a healthy, vibrant, energetic state. And that if we just don't, you know, ruin that, then then actually it can be a nice, healthy ecosystem. That just made so much sense to me. You know, I grew up as a kid. I was very active. I was pretty outdoorsy. I did, you know, cubs and scouts and ventures. And I was really, you know, interested in the environment and nature and natural cycles and those sort of things. So when I realized that I could actually apply that to to health and to humans, I thought, hey, this is pretty cool. That That really fits in and kind of really melded my two ideas together because even though I'd never been healthy, I'd always been interested in being in health and helping people. Um, I, I always thought that there was something I could do in that sphere. And, and so, so being able to merge those two together just made so much sense to me. And so it just, it just took off from there. I was just inspired. and, and So this is when you were studying. Yeah. So you're in early 20s studying. Um, you know, I mean, I remember hearing someone say a long time ago, you know, you can't smoke and call yourself intelligent. And yeah. <laughs> I guess you can't learn about health. Um, yeah. and continue to do things that harm you. Well, apparently you can because plenty of people do. <laughs> you start looking around at some of the healthcare practitioners in our society and there's plenty yeah. of unhealthy ones. I mean, it's kind of scary when you, <laughs> you attend some of these seminars and stuff and you see people sneaking out the back for a smoke or they're, you know, they're just not looking particularly healthy. You know, they've got a bit of a gut going on and all that sort of stuff and you think, how does this make sense? Like you guys, they're obviously smart, intelligent people. They know all the information but... Sometimes I don't follow through with it. So, you know, I think it is possible to do it, but it wasn't possible for me. You know, it just didn't make sense to me. Once I had this philosophy, I had this understanding, and, and I guess I just had a drive to, to get the best out of myself and to get the best out of my body. You know, I've always been probably naturally quite a competitive person. And so, you know, when it came to stuff like being able to exercise well or playing cricket or, you know, even just performing academically or just having lots of energy and being able to go out and dance till three in the morning, then, you know, I wanted to be able to do all those things. I wanted to be able to do everything. And I kind of started realising that if I didn't change my lifestyle, then I wasn't even able to, you know, get the most out of my life. And that's probably what really started. It was probably much more of a selfish thing for me, I think, was actually just wanting to get the absolute best for myself and get the absolute best out of my life that really drove me to go in and start researching and studying and reading and, and investigating all this information. And then obviously once I started doing that, then people started asking me what I was doing and that sort of started the sharing bit of it, I guess. Do you find that some people that were close to you, family, friends, etc., sort of had some resistance to you making these changes in your life? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, because what happened was I, uh, I was, as I said, about 20 years old. When I was 21, I think it was, I actually moved to Sydney to study the second part of my chiropractic degree. So I left home at 21 and then spent about five years in Sydney. During that time, I graduated as a chiropractor. I learned heaps more about health and nutrition and exercise. I made huge changes in my lifestyle. And so I went away as someone who, like I said, was, was drinking, was eating rubbish food, wasn't doing heaps of exercise, was you know, doing all the things wrong, basically. And then five years later, I came back to Adelaide to my same group of friends as someone who didn't drink at all 
who was, you know, very particular about what I ate and ate really good, healthy stuff, who was exercising pretty regularly and, and just generally doing things very different to my group of friends who predominantly were doctors, you know, a couple of physios, a couple of dentists, you know, a few like that, but, but really conventional medically trained because I'd obviously gone through with them in my health science degree and met them all there. And so I came back to this same group of friends and they were just sort of like, what's going on here? Like they just didn't get it. And particularly the drinking aspect, that was quite challenging for a couple of them. I, I remember one of my friends used to just continually used to just buy me a beer and stick it in front of me every time we went out. <laughs> and, and it was kind of this interesting concept because they were convinced that I was denying myself. Like they were convinced that it was this you know, uh, self-sacrificial thing I was doing to myself to, to deny myself alcohol and to di- deny myself all this food and fun and whatever they perceived me to be missing out on. And they didn't get the fact that I was choosing to do it because I wanted a different outcome, that I actually wanted to be healthy, that I enjoyed what I got out of it and I enjoyed how I felt when I was doing it and that I was actually choosing to do it because I wanted to, not actually denying myself. Mm. And so it was, it was really interesting and, and quite challenging for some of them. And do you, did, during that period of change, just when you're talking about going from meat pies and a 1.25 litre <laughs> of, of KFC, of, of soft drink, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just going KFC in my mind. And brushing uh, his teeth, I think he said that. Using Coke for, for toothpaste. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, did you have a lot of goal setting around that? Was this, a, you know, look, I really want to improve my health, so I'm going to start setting targets? Or was it more just a, you know, I'm going to go for the salad sandwich? Um, and it was just sort of a subconscious thing or it, it, was, was, a, it was a conscious thing where you're going, no, I, I'm, well, I'm moving myself over in this direction? I think it was definitely a conscious thing, uh, but it was also it was a very innate thing. Like it wasn't that I actually sat down and set really specific goals or, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't plan what I was going to do. It, it was more that I would just go along and I knew that I wanted to be healthier. I knew I wanted to perform well. I knew I wanted to get the best out of my body and get the best out of my life. Mm. And so I just started making changes. And it was, it was more along the lines of like every time I'd learn something new, I'd sort of go, oh, oh, that makes sense. I guess I should start doing that. <laughs> and I'd just, I'd just add one extra little bit in. And then, you know, then I'd learn something else. I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's not right either. I, I guess I better do that a little bit differently. And so... It was, for me, much more, you know, I always like the Japanese principle of Kaizen. You know, they talk about small steps of yeah. continual and never-ending improvement. Yeah, incremental, yeah. I've always loved that concept. And I think I, that was sort of the concept I had in my head the whole time was, well, if I just keep picking little bits and pieces, if I keep, as long as I'm moving in the right direction, then it kind of doesn't matter how long it takes me to get there. I'm just going to keep plodding along and eventually I'll get to where I want to be. And, and that was kind of the approach I took. I figured I couldn't learn it all at once. I didn't think I could change it all at once, but I knew if I just chunked it down and took it one bite at a time, as the saying goes, then, then I'd get there eventually. Well, that's the uh, how to eat an elephant philosophy, I guess. We will come to that. Yeah. Um, so question <laughs> for you, how did you transition? I mean, obviously, you're studying health sciences, so the inevitable pathway was into practice. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's what, what happened next, right? Yeah, well, yeah, from the health sciences, I then went into my master's of chiropractic. So you sort of do the health science degree, then you do your master's degree. So you've got six years of uni all up, the, the way I did it anyway. And, uh, and then from there into private practice, yeah. So the question was, you know, what, I, what I'd love to know is, because it's evident to me that you love this. Right? Yeah, absolutely. When did you start to realise that? Oh, I think from really early on, actually. I think as soon as I started... Uh, as soon as I started studying health and started studying the body, I was just fascinated by it. Like I said, I'd always been fascinated by nature. 
And so I'd always been fascinated by the ocean, by forests, by you know, the Great Barrier Reef, whatever it was. I always just thought, that's just amazing. It's, it's incredible the way that works and the synergy that it has and the, the balance of all those organisms and ecosystems and all that sort of stuff. I was just fascinated by it. And so as soon as I started learning about the body from that perspective, yeah. I was just blown away. I just went, wow, this is amazing. Like this is just what I need to do and I need to learn more about it and I need to share this with people because this is so important. And you know, one of the things I found was I was going through and I was going to these chiropractic seminars particularly and there were just these amazing chiropractors there sharing the most incredible knowledge. And the one thing that really frustrated me about it was that I'd be in this room and I remember one of them was a room full of like seven or 800 chiropractors there was this amazing knowledge being shared. And I remember distinctly walking outside the door thinking, no one out here knows it. Like, no one out here knows that there's just this amazing information being shared there inside that room and it's not actually getting out here. So, yeah, I very quickly became passionate about it. Like, I realised that it was just something I had to do, something I had to learn more about so that I could share it with people because uh, it was just something that we need. You know, it's, it's so evident that our health of our society isn't good. It's not where it should be. We're not, we're not getting the best out of our lives. And, and there's, there's some pretty simple answers to that. And that, that if people just had the information, you know, it's kind of a, that thing of, you know, people knew what I know, they'd do what I do. You know, if we can just get that information out there, then people will start making better choices. It's funny, I actually saw a show the other day on uh, the guy that invented supersizing and it all started with popcorn, you know, to cinema and how quickly it, it flowed into the fast food chains in America and then into Europe and so on and so forth. They're distinct, measurable turning points in that trend towards overeating and uh, poor quality intake for, mm. that just didn't exist for hundreds of years before that, other than malnutrition. For yourself, has there been distinct turning points you know, in, your, in your career path, you know, from, from chiropractor to caveman? I think there definitely have been. I mean, you know, one of the most distinct turning points for me actually happened when I was quite young. So when I was about 16 or 17, kind of even before this sort of whole story began, I was a really nervous, shy youngster. So I actually had a lisp, and so I had trouble enunciating and speaking. I was petrified of public speaking. I was pretty shy. I wasn't very outgoing. I didn't really sort of, you know, socialise heaps. And, uh, and I remember just at one stage just sort of sitting down and going, do you know what, I'm actually not enjoying this. Like I'm, I'm actually kind of not really participating and enjoying life as much as I'd like to. And so that was a really big turning point for me. That was, I actually made a decision. I said, do you know what? I just need to have more fun. And that, that was literally as simple as it was. I said, I need to have more fun. And then I figured the way for me to have more fun is to say yes more often, to say yes to more stuff. And so, you know, of course, as soon as you make a decision like that, then life decides to challenge you. <laughs> and so, you know, as a result of that, there are a couple of other turning points. One of the big ones I remember was I was in the first year of my chiropractic studies and um, there was a chiropractic seminar going on. Uh, it happens up in, well, it used to happen up in Brisbane. It has about seven or 800 chiropractors there. And someone came up to me and said, listen, I know you're only in first year, but we need a student to come and speak to these chiropractors. They have a student who talks every year. Do you want to do it? <laughs> and, of course, every single fibre of my body went, no, mm. <laughs> don't be ridiculous. I hate public speaking. Why would I get up and speak to chiropractors? I'm only in first year. I don't even really know what I'm talking about. What am I going to tell them? <laughs> and so, but out of my mouth came, yeah, absolutely, I'd love to. <laughs> and so that was a massive turning point for me because that was when I went from being absolutely petrified to public speaking to, well, still being petrified of public speaking but doing public speaking. Yeah, you have to do it anyway. And, and so that was a massive – and the cool thing about that was chiropractors are an amazing bunch. Like they're the most supportive, friendly, um, you know, reinforcing people. Like there's no – you know, in the chiropractic profession, everyone wants everyone to do well. It's kind of a really cool thing. And so I just got, you know, 
after my talk, <laughs> my talk was terrible. Like I literally, I read it from a piece of paper, which which I'd actually folded to put in my suit pocket, which wasn't a great idea. I wore suits back then. And I folded it, put it in my suit pocket. So oh, when shoot. I pulled it out, I couldn't even read it properly because all the lights were shining <laughs> down on it. And so it was this terrible talk. My knees were literally knocking together. But afterwards, everyone came up and said, hey, that was a great talk. Well done. Good on you, mate. That was, that really, you know, I really got something out of that. I'm sure they all just made that up. But it was such a nice environment that after that, I kind of went, well, I guess I can speak to 10 people. If I spoke to 800 people, you know, I guess I can speak to a couple of people. And that was a really big turning point for me mm. to saying, well, hey, you know, I can actually get this information and I can share it on a bigger scale. You know, I don't have to just confine it to one-on-one inside my practice. Um, I can actually start sharing it to a bigger audience. And, and actually, the first thing I started doing was sharing it within the practice and, and just doing talks within the practice and saying, well, you know, I love chiropractic. It's so important. It's so important people have a healthy spine and nervous system. But there's also a whole bunch of stuff they can do when they're not in the practice in terms of how they eat and how they exercise and all those other things that can have a big impact on their results. And so I started doing the talks within the practice and then obviously that then expanded to wanting to share the message broader and wider. I mean, this is a theme for you um, from a a young age by the sound of it. Um, And it's culminated in what you're doing now. Talk about your book. How did that come about? Well, the the book kind of evolved over time. Like I I started trying to write my book and and I spent a couple of years trying to write a book. And the, the one thing I wanted with my book, the reason I kept stopping and starting was that my biggest fear was that I was going to write a book that was going to sit on the shelf and never get read. Because mm. you go to anybody's house and you have a look and just about everybody's got some health books and they, most of them are sitting there collecting dust and have either never been read or certainly never been used. And you look at the stats on that and they're pretty scary. And so, so I started writing my book about four or five times and went, nah, it's just not right. Nah, it's just not right. Nah, it's just not right. And like I said, all this time I sort of understood how I'd made change and I'd understood this sort of Kaizen principle and where I'd gone with that and how well that had worked for me. And it was just one day I just went, oh, I just need to use that for my book. <laughs> you know, that's actually the structure for how I'm going to write my book. And so as soon as I got that, you know, within the space of I think about 12 months, I'd written the whole book because um, I had all the information there. A lot of it I'd already you know, put together for various columns I'd written elsewhere. And you know, I, had, I had a huge amount of information that was already written. I just needed to figure out how to piece it all together to create the book that I wanted. So, so the book is basically a, a, the introductory section, so a big, the philosophy behind the book, the, the why behind the how. Goes just into just for the listeners, um, Brett, I might just jump in. Go. So Brett is actually providing uh, a copy of the philosophy yeah. Uh, which is a, the first part of How to Eat an Elephant that's available yep. to people at careersunplugged.com. So go there and grab the download after you've listened to this episode. Keep going. Yeah, and that's really that's the most important bit. That gives them the whole why behind the how. It really goes through you know, this whole philosophy of you know, the body doesn't need any help. It just needs no interference. It talks about what's wrong with our modern medical system. It talks about what wellness is and how you can go about achieving wellness and, and why that's so different. So, so that's that whole introductory philosophy chapter. And then from there, there my book's got 97 chapters, <laughs> which people, people kind of balk at that. They're like, oh, my God, I don't want to read 97 chapters. But, but they're really short chapters. And so the whole purpose of the book is you can go to the index and you pick which one of those 97 chapters you want to work on. And you can then go to that chapter and it's a very short, really easy to read chapter. Like it's, it's written just as if I'm chatting to you saying, hey, why don't you, you know, check this out? And then at the end of that, it's got a little challenge, and they're really simple challenges. So the whole purpose of the book, basically the idea I had was most people try and make lifestyle change, and they try and change everything at once. So they go out and they do this fad exercise regime, they do this crash diet, and they try and change everything at once. 
And typically what happens is they get about three weeks in and it gets pretty hard. <laughs> and, and a lot of the time they'll, they'll fail or they'll, they'll won't, you know, they won't be able to maintain it anyway. I don't like to say fail, but they won't be able to maintain it. And so usually what happens then is they slide back to where they started. Sometimes they even slide back further than when they started. And they don't feel very good about themselves. You know, it makes it harder to, to get back on the horse and try again. You know, they, they feel down. They feel like they've failed. Um, and so it makes it harder to, to keep moving forwards. And, and so the concept of the book is, what about if we just chunked it down? What if we made it into bite-sized little pieces? What if we went through those 97 chapters and you got to pick the one that you would actually most like to change rather than picking the hardest one? And we just chunked it down into a really small bite. And the, so the whole idea is I want to make it so easy and I want to make it so small that you can't possibly fail. And so the whole point of that is that when you make the lifestyle change, you actually succeed at it. You feel good about yourself. A, because you've changed something and so you're actually feeling healthier. B, because you actually succeeded at making changes. And so then the next time you've got to change something, it's easier. And the next time it's easier and easier. But is, that, is that a really important gold nugget for the listeners? I, I know certainly in my life I've applied that in many different areas that, you know, success begat success. So by clocking yeah. up those wins, you, you're building your self-confidence and giving the next thing a go. Uh, yeah. Just listening to you before saying, you know, I was trying to write the book with the, the, the primary word being trying yeah. rather than doing and just getting it done, you know, and, and I can hear the shift even when you're telling that story where, you know, you just reached a point where you had cl- clarity on it and bang, the book got done. Yeah, you know, and it was like unstoppable. Once I started writing, I was just like, bang, let's go. Yeah. Like every night, just punching it out. It was easy. Brady, you're a ball of energy. You're a, uh, a beacon of health. You're the healthiest caveman in 2014. Tell me, <laughs> have there been dark times and what's your biggest mistake? Oh, that's such a good question. Uh, my biggest mistake, I would say, is saying yes to everything. <laughs> I, I tend to, you know, as I said before, I'm not someone who is, you know, is big on like planning out every minute detail of what's going to happen next. I yep. sort of, I do like to just jump at opportunities as they come along and say yes to things and just, you know, see where it takes me. And certainly at times I've done way too much of that and just said yes, 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 yes to everything and ended up stretching myself way too thin, trying to do way too much, um, probably getting a bit burnt out and probably more so than burnt out because it probably wasn't so much burnt out but just losing the balance of, you know, of the career versus the home life versus the friends versus the, you know, the relaxation. Um, just not having the balance right, I guess, is probably mm. the, the biggest mistake I reckon I've made along the journey. Yep. And dark yeah. moments, moments where there have been moments where you've said, what am I doing here or... Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, probably, probably the biggest one of those for me came uh, about 12 months ago. Uh, which is I separated from my wife, uh, and that was by far the darkest moment I've ever had. Um, and I found that really challenging because, you know, really my, my whole time, you know, my my purpose for doing what I was doing was was really about my family. You know, my whole idea was I wanted to create this life, I wanted to create this world that was going to be fantastic for my kids to grow up in. Mm. You know, I wanted to create an environment for my family. I wanted to create just the perfect environment for them to grow up in. And that for me, you know, meant that. You know, I wanted to make a healthier planet so that their peer group was healthier, you know, so that they were growing up within that. So, so all of my goals had really revolved around family and my kids. 
Um, so for me, that was an incredibly challenging time. Like it, it really did. Literally, I, just, I sort of sat back and went, "Well, why am I doing this? You know, do I even want to keep doing this? Mm. Do I want to keep doing the podcast show? Do I want to keep practicing as a chiropractor? You know, why am I doing any of this?" And how did um, you, and and how did you process that and get get through it? It was really challenging. I mean, I probably as I have done with just about everything else, I thought, well, I need to learn more about this. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I need to delve in deeper. And so for me. I, within the first couple of weeks, I picked up a couple of books and delved right into, um, I guess, you know, my own emotional state and, and why I was feeling the way I was feeling and, um, you know, trying to work out, I guess, what went wrong and, and what were the, um, what what were you, the things within myself. What did you learn at this point from those questions? Oh, I think, you know, one of the most powerful things I did was I did uh, The Work by Byron Katie. I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh, it's a fantastic book. And it causes you to really delve into the way you're thinking about situations and the way you're thinking about people and, and really to realise just how much you project stuff onto other people, you know, how much of the stuff that's going on and how much of the stuff that you perceive is happening to you is actually the same stuff that you're doing to others, I guess. So, mm. so it really caused me to introspect and really look at the way I was behaving and how I was dealing with different stresses and you know, how I was managing my time and my life and all those sort of things. So it really made me reanalyze, I guess, everything, you know, how much time I was spending doing podcasting stuff, how much time I was spending in practice, how much time I was spending traveling and, and all of those things. I sort of, I really had to go back and reset right from the start and say, well, actually, you know, if I was to build from scratch now, what would this actually look like? And, and it was, you know, quite different to what it had been before. So that was... Um, so did you, I mean... Yeah. Often people will have uh, mentors and people around them that help them through times like yeah. that um, and sort of even to resurrect from that sort of situation to reach great heights. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, things are going well now, but so did you do, you, do you do that sort of thing? Yeah, well, do you know what? Actually, one of the biggest uh, breakthroughs for me in that whole process actually was going to the Wellness Summit. So... Uh, around about, I think, two weeks after that whole thing had happened and, and that had come at a complete shock to me. So I had no idea that it was coming. Um, so it was, you know, pretty full on. And then two weeks after that, we had the Wellness Summit in Melbourne. And so I got to spend the whole day with, you know, Damien Christoph and Lawrence Tam and Kim Morrison and Karen Smith and Cindy O'Meara, um, obviously talking to them, but also just listening to their talks. And it was, it was incredible how much the talks that those guys were doing on stage uh, related to what I was going through at the time. It actually blew me away to the point where I think Lawrence had me in tears just before I had to walk on stage and talk, <laughs> which wasn't ideal. Tears of laughter. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, Lawrence just was, was talking about some really impactful stuff about his family and how they inspire him and how they, you know, are the reason why he does everything he does. And, and it just resonated with me so much. It just blew me away. And, you know, that day was probably the best thing. Like, it was perfect timing. Like, at the time, it seemed like it was terrible timing, right? Like, I'd get up on stage in front of 600 people and do a talk and talk about functional fitness and all that stuff. And at the time, I was like, geez, I don't even know if I can do it, you know. <laughs> um, but in hindsight, it was just the best thing I could possibly have done to be in that environment surrounded with that amazing group of people, both on stage and just, you know, the fans, the people who were there, who were just incredible in their support and, you know, everything, even though they didn't know what was going on actually, but just, you know, being in that environment was, was so helpful and so healing. So that was a massive uh, well, change that, that, for me. Well, I mean, Rich there. and I went to, uh, we, we, we came along to the Wellness Summit last year, which is when we were 
you know, starting to get involved with the couch and yeah. uh, just before this show started. Um, and the fact the summit's coming back up again, here's a little plug to everyone who's listening. Yeah. Make sure you don't miss this one. This is going to be an amazing event. 16, yeah, well, 17 August. <laughs> yep. You know, we, we plug it as the day that will change your life. And for me, it certainly did. And, and I know there were lots of other people in the room who were in the same sort of situation. It was just, you know, that one day made such a difference. And this year it's going to be a day and a half, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's, fun, it's, it's funny how the universe can dish up exactly the dish you need to eat, unless, of course, you're still back drinking <laughs> 1.25 litre bottles of soft drink. <laughs> but, you know, there's that thing where somehow um, you can go into a room not knowing what you needed to take away, but look back at it and go, well, I had to be there and, and, yeah. uh, and so on. We're going to run out of time shortly. So to sum up, what would be your gold nugget for the listeners? Obviously, uh, obviously it comes back to your philosophy with the book. What's the executive yeah. summary? I think, look, really the, the key, I think, is to make it easy on yourself. You know, like it doesn't have to be that hard. It doesn't have to be that profound. You know, just start making some small, simple changes. Do the simple things really well. Uh, and make it easier. So chunk it down to small, easy, manageable things. Make it so small and so easy that you can't possibly fail because really what's far more important than where you are is what direction you're heading in terms mm-hmm. of your health. Yep. Uh, I love that. That's, uh, that's really, really good advice actually, Brett. I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually, it's actually funny because Marshall Thurber, when we interviewed him, talked about the importance of goals, not being to obtain the goal but actually to be in motion. Yeah, and uh, you know that sort of uh, directly falls in line with that. It's just the idea it's like of that being inertia, isn't it? You know, a body in motion tends to stay in motion. It's, correct, uh, yeah. correct. You just keep rolling along. It's great. Well, I'm just uh, thinking we're just just about run out of time. Um, we've we've uh, been very blessed to have you on the show. We're very much looking forward to seeing you at the summit. Yeah, Stewie, have you got anything you'd like to add? Oh, look, um, Brett. You've got the Wellness Summit. You've got uh, How to Eat an Elephant, the book. Yeah. Um, you're a corporate speaker. Yeah. Uh, you've got your own cave camp, which we haven't even talked about. <laughs> this, is a, this is a paleo cave camp. It's a, it's a whole weekend of doing exactly what we've just spoken about, you know, eating well, exercising, getting your mindset right, you know, learning how and, to chunk And that's down. designed as a turning point event in its own right, you know, the way well, I understand it's, it. It's designed to be transformational rather than just informational. You know, it's, yeah. one, it's one thing to get the information, but to actually to do it and to learn it and to enact it, mm. uh, I think is what really makes a change. I mean, we finished off the cave camp with the leap of faith, which for me, I'm actually petrified of heights. And so that was hugely challenging and actually transformational for me because I'd actually tried to do that as a kid and hadn't been able to do it because I was pretty shy and reserved and, and didn't like heights. So for me as an adult, to actually jump off of a 12-metre high platform and catch a trapeze was actually, that was a big, that was actually transformational for me. That was, out of the whole cave camp, the one thing that actually just, I took that away and went, do you know what, I'm, I'm better and stronger for that because I just know that the next challenge is going to be that much easier. And, uh, and, so, and I know just from speaking to the campers and hearing their feedback that, that they really had their own aha moments throughout the camp. In fact, on that paleo show, we actually recorded their aha moments into an episode. So we did a live record of that paleo show from Cave Camp. So people can listen to that because I think it's already up. And the website for them to go to? Uh, well, thewellnesscouch.com, of course. Thewellnesscouch.com. 
Brett, good stuff happens there. Dr. Brett Hill, you have been a humorous, funny caveman legend. Thank you so much for being on the show. <laughs> and uh, we really are looking forward to catching up with you at the summit. It's going to be awesome uh, to be with such an amazing, inspiring group of people, as you say. To all of you at home, in the car, wherever you are, thanks for joining us. We hope that the insights provided by Brett inspire you to move forward in your journey one small step at a time so you can keep clocking up your own personal successes. Make a point of visiting careersunplugged.com and get some of the extra bonuses from Brett, including how to eat an elephant philosophy. And give us any questions that you'd like us to ask Brett and we will do our best to get the answers. This has been Careers Unplugged with Rich and Stu. Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. It's less than 100 days until the Wellness Summit and we are jumping out of our skins to be with you at Crown Melbourne on Saturday, August 16 and 17, 2014. If you want to take your summit experience to a whole new level, then I urge you to join us as a VIP. This year, we have two VIP levels, not just one, two. We have gold and platinum. Both include front row seats, DVD recordings of the event, goodies from our speakers, intimate VIP only time with the speakers and massive vouchers which can be used on future wellness couch events and products to take your summit experience to the next level go to www.thewellnesssummit.com but be quick vip spots are limited and they will sell out see you at the summit this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.